Monday we had uh, the first ever uh, young leaders gathering before national conference. And I quickly realized uh, that I was the 24-hour hype man. Really, my job was to hype up the young people before the beginning of conference. But we spoke to them about reading their word. We spoke to them about personal revival. We spoke to them about community. And it was a great time to enter God together and to, and to receive from Him. And then we moved into uh, the conference. We heard from a pastor named Pastor Sam Monk. He is the Equippers Senior Pastor. There is quite a significant church in Auckland. Uh, thousands of people at that location. But he also has 24 locations throughout New Zealand and Europe. And he's doing an incredible job. And he spoke into our movement with such great authority. And uh, we really received from him. Then we met a man by the name of Jossie Chaco. Give me a wave if you've heard of his, him or his ministry. What an incredible guy. I love the people that God uses uh, to birth something. So he started his organization with five people uh, with a desire to do 100 thousand church plants. Who knows that that is a lot? Who knows that even if there's one person in every church plant, that's still a lot of people. Uh, he's doing an incredible job. He's about 20 years in and they've birthed 21,000 churches so far. It is an incredible thing. They're influencing over 850,000 people on, on a weekly basis. But what he's doing is he's taking locals from Indian culture and he's discipling them to lead in their culture and then he sends them out to go and church plant. And, and what he does is if he sends out 10, one of them become like an apostolic hub. They become a training ground where they train up more and then they raise them up and then they release them and now they have 48 training hubs where they are training local pastors they're giving them a bike and a little bit of equipment and they're sending them out to change the world and uh, who knows that 21,000 is a significant work from five people alone and God is using people like that to extend the kingdom of God isn't that inspiring to hear this morning it made me realize that if they have 21,000 people that they're engaging as church leaders and 850,000 on a weekly basis, I can invite my neighbor to church. Amen. Amen. I can invite one of my colleagues to come to one of the men's events or I can invite a person to come to a women's event or an outreach program. We can do something. It made me realize that I need to dream bigger, but I need to start smaller. So I'm going to continue to do that. And I want to encourage you guys to do that as well this morning. So let's pray and then I want you guys to get prepared in Psalm 133. Uh, that's where we're going to go to this morning. Uh, but before I do that, we'll pray and then I'd like to talk to you guys, give you a bit of an update about Hope Tour, but let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are here this morning. I just pray, Lord, that you will speak to every person here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for those of you that are visiting uh, or might not have heard this uh, before, for the rest of our family here today, uh, we obviously have heard this. But about three years ago, uh, I went to New Zealand to uh, see a thing called Revolution Tour, doing an incredible uh, work in New Zealand where they're seeing hundreds of thousands of kids uh, throughout two weeks in New Zealand and seeing significant move of God amongst the young people through an anti-bullying uh, campaign that they do in local high schools. So I came back from New Zealand and felt in my spirit that something had been birthed. 
So what we did is uh, we brought it uh, uh, to the church. It was something that I wanted to share. And with no pre-planning, no premeditated thought, we felt that on that Sunday we should take up an offering uh, to begin to do this kind of work in Australia. I believe it would be called Hope Tour because we know that there is no other hope except through Jesus. Amen. And on that Sunday morning, there was about 80 people in the service. We were in Mill Park, people that remember those days, and we took up a $40,000 offering, 25000 on the morning, and then another fifteen came in. It was 40000 That was an incredible seed that we were able to start Hope Tour with. Over the first two years of Hope Tour, we've now been in just about 40 high schools. We've seen nearly 7,000 kids reached with a message of hope and self-worth. And it's been absolutely incredible. Uh, that Pre-existing the tour, there was one relationship with a high school between the five churches that are involved. One. There's now 20 new high school relationships. God is doing something. Schools are opening uh, their doors and welcoming us to come in from the premise that they know that we are there to love them. Whenever they ask me, they say to me, so how much does it cost for this program? And because of our generosity to invest into it, uh, we're able to provide this program to schools for free. So they say to me, then how do you raise the funds? I'm able to then share with them, well, there's local churches around Victoria uh, that invest into this to be able to put this on for you for free. And then I say to them, because we're just here to love you, because the Bible says that, I have to love my God and love my neighbor as myself. So we're here to love you. And isn't that a powerful testimony to be able to say to principals of schools, assistant principals, welfare coordinators. Do you know one of our biggest advocates is actually uh, from Whittlesea Secondary College. Her, her name is Sue Muir. She's an incredible person. She's an advocate. She's telling other public high schools about what we do because we're there to encourage and love community. So what happened earlier this year, it was in February, uh, our uh, church was in prayer and fasting. Who knows that it's always hard to pray and fast, but the breakthrough comes after, amen? When you're hungry isn't when it's going to happen, just so you know, I'm starting to realize that. But it's when you persevere and push through. So the person that I had planned to come on Hope Tour uh, actually had contacted me that week and was not able to come because of some things that were happening with his local ministry. And I completely understand that. And on the phone, who knows that you have a great attitude? Yeah, bless you, brother. And then on the hang up the phone, I was sulking. How could he, Lord? I was saying, I was so salty. But God was in control because from that, we've managed to get uh, the young man that you can see on the screen behind us. His name is Tim O'Matic. Has anybody ever heard of him? So Tim O'Matic uh, was top 10 on Australia, so you think he can dance. Uh, I don't even think I'd be able to make the tryout to that. He also then came third on Australia's Got Talent. He then went on to become a judge on that show. He is coming for the whole week of Hope Tour. Now, what has been absolutely incredible is the amount of opportunity that just having him on tour has opened up for Hope Tour. We've had to cap it this year because we haven't got enough infrastructure to support all the schools that want it. Isn't that an incredible thing. But this is where I need our community to take a hold of this. We're going to be taking up an offering in June. It's from June 19 to 23. But here's the thing, it needs to double next year. Uh, there's enough schools and enough needs uh, that we can double this tour next year. 
but we need you guys to be able to invest in that with us because God is using this ministry. Uh, my desire is having people like Tim O'Matic come is fantastic and he's, and he's being generous because he sees this as a community initiative, but it still costs a great amount of money and we know that we need a great amount of faith to believe for more. So if you could be praying uh, about partnering with Hope Tour, I'd love to encourage you. Uh, we need around $10,000 for this thing uh, to happen. So I believe that we can do it. I've seen generosity and God's provision go far beyond it. And uh, I just want to be encouraging you to be praying. And if you could partner with it, that would be phenomenal. Isn't it amazing that this is birthed from our church? And that we are, we are able to see this year almost the, it seems to be the first year was two and a half thousand. Uh, the next year was three and a half thousand. This year will be about six thousand. You know, I heard from one school this week that currently have 120 kids in the program more than they actually have seats available. Isn't that amazing? that schools are taking it up. So I want to encourage you to be praying for that. Obviously, there's new challenges every year. Just ask for God's covering over it so that we can see His kingdom come. Because of Hope Tour, there's been over 150 responses to the gospel. Isn't that incredible? So please be praying for that, and that will be coming soon, and I'd love you to partner with it. So let's get into the Word this morning. I want to talk to you guys about unity. Felt God impress this on my heart. So when you think about your life over the past 12 months, just think about it. Think what you've gone through. Think about your family. Think about your workplace. Someone's saying, I don't want to think about my workplace. Then you really need to think about your workplace this morning. And I want, I want you guys to, to ponder upon, has it been a good year? Has it been a tough year? Have you had conflict? Have you had great success? Maybe you've had some flops. Who knows? They're all part of life. Made some good decisions. Give me a hand if you made some good decisions this year. Keep it up nice and high if you've also made some bad ones at the same time. Amen. You're amongst family. I remember once when I was a younger youth pastor. This is an incredibly good call. Uh, he fell over at the start of youth. We were at a Youth Alive. We were there all day. He complained to me all day. I said, toughen up all day. And then when he got home, he had broken his arm. Great call or bad call. We all know the answer to that one, don't we? I want you to think about the unity of your life this morning. That's what I want to have a conversation around. I want to talk about unity what it means and what it looks like. Because if we can get a picture of what unity looks like as it unfolds and you can have an awareness of what it looks like, you know what to chase after. Because the Word is very clear that, that with unity, God commands a blessing. So we know that unity is important, but like anything, you need to know what it looks like in order to be able to go after it. I love when people get together. I absolutely loved National Conference because for me, a whole bunch of people with like-minded faith that I don't normally get to hang out with, but I know that we're united in faith through Jesus. It excites me. It means you're, you're best friends with everyone. And who knows, I like that kind of thing. I love it when people come together. I think that's one of the reasons why I love going to the football. I love going to a sellout at the MCG uh, with 80,000 people coming together. And uh, I absolutely love it. Do you know, every year uh, I get a membership for the Essendon Football Club. And, and prior to the last few years, we used to get a seat. 
And what was good about having your own seat was that every week you were guaranteed a, a, a great view. But one of the difficulties that came out of it was that you sat around the same people every week. That's what you would do. That's what would happen. And my brother, and I love my brother, is super passionate about Essendon. He's super passionate about Jesus. But the problem is he got into this weird habit of whenever Essendon would get a good win, because he was around the same people every week, he got into this habit of hugging everyone around him. So he began to hug, but here was the problem. It got momentum. And what would happen is all of a sudden, the whole bank that we would sit in, it was like this awkward hug fest after every game. Now, I love a hug if I know you. If I don't know you, I'm confused why you're aggressively coming at me for a cuddle. So what would happen is about five minutes towards the end of the game, if we were in front, I'd begin to panic. Oh, no. Gonna have to hug a million people because I didn't want to be that awkward guy in the midst of all the hugging. I'm like, hey, shake hands. I didn't want to be that guy. So I'm like, we got to drop the seat, man. I've got to get away from all these huggers because I'd begin to panic. But what I love about it on the flip side was that if you've got a sellout and there's 90,000 people and it's an Essendon home game, 50,000 people that would erupt together would send me into a frenzy. Even if I wasn't that excited, I'd become excited because of the strength and the unity and the momentum gathered around people striving for the one cause. I always walk down the MCG seeing heaps of people and I get to my seat and I look around and it just reinforces to me that every stadium is built to be a church. Because the unity around a cause, I look at all the sea of faces and I think Jesus, somehow help your people, your church, your bride to reach them, Lord, so that the only place that we can fit is a place like that. Unity is so much more than people coming together. Unity is about one spirit and one purpose coming together to serve God. That's what unity is as a Christian. We don't just come together because we like each other. We come together because we love Jesus. And because of that, we're in one purpose. That's to serve Him. See, unity can look like many different things. Unity is people coming together. It can be a youth group of 10 coming together to pray for their school, to pray for God to break out. With one purpose, they come together. That's unity. Unity can be us together coming together to serve God, to serve community, to find out what He needs. One purpose, to ask God, what is it that you have for us to do and in one purpose together we go out that's unity unity can be harmony in your home that's a picture of unity so when you thought about your life over the 12, past 12 months when you thought about your workplace when you thought about your business your home your family your life is there unity because I know that God's Word says, which we're about to dive into together to have a conversation about unity. I know that where there is unity, there is God's blessing. So therefore, I know that the devil will be out to destroy unity because we know that isolated people are easy to take out. You're going to be hard to take out because there are people sitting around you right now that even this morning, they gathered around you to pray for you. 
We pray together. If you go down, there's five people here hanging on to you. Because with unity, there is great blessing. But with disunity and isolation, things can fall apart. It's worth fighting for. It's worth recognising the fruit that comes out of unity so that we can continue as a community together, we can continue to strive for unity for your personal world, for our broader community, for your family. Because I pray for God's blessing over your life. In Jesus' name, God bless every person that hears this word today. Lord, use me. Amen. So let's turn to Psalm 133. And that slide, if you don't have a Bible, it's all good. There's a big one on the screen. And this is what it reads. Give me a wave if you're there. Brilliant. So the backdrop to this is that everybody who is Jewish, all the Israelites, they're converging on Zion. They're they're converging on Jerusalem uh, for the three annual feasts that that happen every year where they celebrate together uh, to honour God and they come together in one purpose. So everybody is coming despite of their busyness, despite of their lives. They're stopping and they're coming together in unity like what we've done today. We're coming together to honour God. So the king, King David, begins to write as he sees everybody converging on Jerusalem, Zion, together to honour God. This is what he begins to write. And it says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down onto the collar of his robe. It is, is, it is as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For, there is, for the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. What a great verse. To me, that speaks of a, of a proud king, seeing people come together to honor his God. And the first thing he says in verse 1 is pretty clear. He says, how good and pleasant it is. When God's people come together in unity. Good and pleasant. Good and pleasant when people come together. Already I I see that there is an easy calculation going on uh, for unity. Unity equals good and pleasant. When things work together, hey, it just, it feels right. When things come together, it just feels good. Has anybody ever had strawberries and chocolate? It just feels right, doesn't it? And because it's working in unity, it's good and pleasant. Has anybody ever had, I'm just starting to discover, um, salt and caramel. Oh, hallelujah. That's a blessing, isn't it? Oh, I can't get over it. It's like, that is ridiculous. It's amazing because it works together in unity. It's very simple. Unity equals good and pleasant. So then I suppose on the flip side, then would disunity would have to then equal bad and uncomfortable. I remember once as a very young man, my mother presented to me some soup that we had to eat that was broccoli and orange peel soup. It's been over 25 years and I remember that meal. I remember the disunity that equaled uncomfortable and bad. And we sat there and we didn't eat it until my mother sat down and tasted it herself. And we quickly realised the proportion of orange peel was wrong. 
When things are not working together, such as that combination, it does not feel right. So here's a bit of a dashboard indicator. You know that a dashboard always lights up in your car when something might not be going right. When you think about your relationships, do they fester good and pleasant feelings or not? When you think about your life, when you think about your world, your processes, your workplace, your family, the community you're in, does it fester good and pleasant emotion? Now, I'm not saying that because if you're in perfect unity, there isn't going to be challenges. There is always challenges. If you're striving for Jesus, your faith is always going to be stretched. But here's the thing. Despite of the stretching, I know I've experienced in my life that despite I'm being stretched, despite I'm stepping out in faith, I know that there are people around me in my world praying for me, getting behind me. And because of that, those feelings feel good and pleasant. Not so much the situation, but those that are unified to believe with me and for me that God can use my life. Good and pleasant feeling. You know, recently I was watching YouTube and I saw this cool video clip of this car that had broken down on an awkward angle. But just so happened that there was a rugby team around and the rugby team go and they grab the car and inch by inch they begin to pull it off this road to a safer spot. And it's absolutely incredible to see them work together to pull it off the road. And then there's a guy like me who gets really excited about life and he runs around to the other side of the car and he tries to do it himself. Now who knows it went nowhere and he pulled And then he pulled again and then he giggled and reunified the team so that they could continue to do it. You see, where there's unity, there's good and pleasant feelings, but it just works together. As I looked at that and I was reflecting, the question that actually came to me that I'd like to pose to you this morning is, are you facing some immovable objects that you feel you can't move? The question I would ask you is, are you doing it alone? You've got all the good intentions in the world, all the good, you know, I really want to do it, but, but you're unable to. It's almost as if you need to reunify a team, uh, unify what is around you in your world so that together you can begin to see what you can't move alone, you can move together. Now, I know that your faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move, and it will move. And that is on your life. But imagine a unified force behind you with their faith, with your faith believing together. Amen? Unity is good and pleasant. Everybody turn to the person next to you and say, it's good. You're very quiet this morning. It's good. Say it a bit louder. It's good. Praise God. He then goes on to say, and the very next thing looks like it's been cut off a little bit. He says, it's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down onto the collar of his robe. This precious oil is talking about anointing, God's anointing. I remember the first time that I was anointed. I was at a conference, it was called Top Gun, and I went down the front. Now, I was about 12 or 13, so I had my A-team clothes on. When you're younger, you have like this A-team. In fact, when you're older, you have that A-team. 
as well. And I got anointed and I remember them anointing me and I remember being so shattered that they got it on my shirt. Who knows, the oil just doesn't come out. Can anybody relate to that? You're wiping the bench down and you come up and you're like, oh no, that's just not coming out. And I remember going home. But what had happened is that that stain actually became a, a, a transitional reminder for me that every time I saw that stain, I remembered that I had been set apart. I remembered that God was for me. And I remembered that when I'm in God's will, because of His anointing, I'm actually better than what I am because God is working through me, not me doing it in my own strength. See, David is writing that unity is like, the, it's, it's having the anointing of God on your life. You see, when you're anointed and you're in unity, it means that no matter your role, you're anointed. I love our church and I pray that our community will take a hold of that small acts have big impact that if we continue to carry, to serve together, no matter how little it may be, whether it's a registry for kids' church or setting up the cafe or in the car park or running a game for youth or whatever you're doing, if you do it in unity, it means that you're anointed to do it because God's anointing is on what we're doing together. So no matter where you serve, you're anointed to do so. But know that God's anointing helps you And He uses you to do better. I think of Samson in Judges 15 and 16. Samson went from a normal man and when the power of God came upon him, the the, the Spirit of God, the anointing came upon him, he went from a normal individual to a man that using the jawbone of a donkey is able to defeat a thousand people. Anointing. God's anointing flows from unity. It makes you better as you work together in unity. We'll move on to the next one. He then goes on to say, it is as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Jew, talking about provision. You see, what would happen is the dew, the, the, the atmosphere that would be around uh, Mount Hermon, that would actually go down to the areas surrounding. That, that Often it wouldn't rain much there. They were quite dry. So that dew actually brought life to the area through its moisture. You see, what's the saying is that unity also brings God's provision and life to you as an individual. It's crazy when you think about dew because dew in itself is a picture of unity. For a dew to happen, to get to a dew point, you need to have decreasing temperature. You need to have the right atmosphere. You need to have the vapor in the air becoming liquid in uh, equilibrium with the, the liquid that is in the environment becoming vapor. Everything working together at that very moment is when dew happens. God's provision. If we go back to thinking about Samson this morning, this is what happens. You see, he, he is seeing the men. It, it says in the Word of God that the, the ropes that they had bound him with come off. So it goes, the power of God, the anointing comes upon him. Then the ropes come off. Then he finds the jawbone. So what that is saying is the anointing of God has come and then the provision. You see, here's the thing. When you're in unity, it's good and it's pleasant. God's 
anointing comes and His anointing is always followed by His provision and His life. This is what unity can manifest itself in your world. I'll get the music team to come. He then goes on to say, For there is, for there the Lord bestows His blessing, even life evermore. God bestows His blessing, even life evermore. There is no greater blessing than salvation through Jesus Christ. You see, when we work in unity for God's plan for our life, His anointing is going to come. His provision and life will come, but it all leads to Jesus, to God bestowing a blessing of life evermore through Christ's work on the cross. Unity. Now, I ran to this moment this morning because this is where I wanted to get to this morning. You've now seen the blessing that unity can have in your life. But with all those blessings and God's it flowing from heaven, that, that is why there are so many challenges to unity in your world. Unity is worth fighting for. Fight for God's blessing. It will come because He is faithful. But as you fight for unity in your world, God's blessing will come. So what I want to do this morning is I want to create a little bit of privacy. Ben, if you could bring the lights down a little bit. I want you to continue to think about your own world. Now, sometimes things are disunified and it may not be your fault. You can't control other people's action. You can only control your own. Here are some of the challenges that can come to challenge unity in your personal world, in your relationships, your workplace, even your ministry. Is there conflict? Is there discord? Is there friction? Is there frustration? Is there tension? These are challenges to unity. So this morning, I want to quickly touch on, and please listen to the podcast again if I go too quickly this morning, but I want to allow some time to pray with you is if you have some of those challenges in your world I would encourage you to confront them in love you see suspicion is the enemy of trust if there's friction or breakdown or communication breakdown or something that's disunified your world you need to Address it so that you can move forward because if you're suspicious about some action or, or you're suspicious, it will break down trust which will lead to disunity. 
and we know that a house divided against itself can't stand. We need to fight for unity in our worlds, in our personal world. See, here are some keys to fighting for unity. The first thing is if you're going to talk to someone in love, you need to get wisdom. Pray, ask God. We know that in Proverbs, it says that the beginning of wisdom is fear of God. If you are honouring God in that situation, you will have the right motive. You need to go in love. You need to make sure that that person knows that you love them and care for them so that it is received. You need to go in humility, ask their side of the story. Then you need to address it, forgive and move forward. You have the ability in your world to engage God's blessing. You also have the ability to let it stay the same. Which one will you do? So if we could stand together this morning. Lord, have your way. I want to know you more. So when you think about your world this morning and any of these things ring true to you, I want to pray with you this morning that God will give you wisdom to strive for unity so that His anointing can come. His life and provision can come. You can be an example and that God's blessing will flow over your life. If you have conflict, discord, friction, frustration, tension, that doesn't make you a bad person, that makes you a human. But we can pray together. We can believe together. It might be your prodigal this morning. It might be your boss or your colleague this morning. It might be your family this morning. If that's you, I just want you to quickly just raise your hand up with every eye closed just for privacy so that we can begin to pray for those people. See those hands, see those hands, hands all over the place. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God. Why don't we all raise our hands together? Lord, today we, we, we talked about the blessing that comes from unity. Lord, we see that it's worth striving after our unity with you, Lord God. Your salvation, your life evermore, the blessing. But Lord, help us to fight for unity around us in our world. Lord, I pray for those that raise their hand. Lord God, you see those situations. Lord, I declare right now, Lord God, you will restore those relationships. You will make a way for those relationships. And Lord God, I prophesy that we will see those people sitting with them in this house, Lord God. We thank you for supernatural wisdom. We thank you for strength. Lord God, I thank you that we are committed to the journey. And if it doesn't happen the first time, we are committed to fight for it. And we will go back again. And we will continue to love again. And we'll continue to rely on you, Lord God. And as we honour you with our action, Lord God, we thank you in faith that you will bring breakthrough. 
you are our God. You are in control. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Why don't we just take a minute and sing together this song? Let's allow God to minister. Just believe that there are people that are uh, uh, got some hurt in their life that, that God wants to just restore and bring breakthrough. If you need prayer this morning, the altar will be open. But I declare unity over everyone's life, Lord God, as we walk out of this place, Lord God, wanting to honour you. We thank you, Lord God, that we as a community are unified, Lord, and we ask that you would use us to be an example. Lord God, as Israel gathered, Lord, in in Jerusalem, Lord God, they were a witness to the community surrounding them of their unity and devotion to you. Lord, I thank you. Allow us to be that place that as we come together, Lord God, in unity, that you would increase our influence, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to restore us. Raise us up and send us out in Jesus' name. Let's sing. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know you more. I want to know. just thank you for breakthrough this week. Do you know God moves in this place. His power is here. I received an email this week of a person in our community calling out to God. And at that specific moment, there was a word of knowledge brought forward and that person was healed. God hears your calls this morning. He knows the pain that you've endured and He is with you. Fight for His blessing. Fight for unity. His blessing is already there. But take a hold of much of it as you can. Amen. Lord, I just pray right now and speak blessing over every person in this place. Thank You for Your faithfulness. Thank You for Your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, we able to finish with uh, a fast one? That'd be good. God is good. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. See you this week. Uh, Ladies, this Tuesday night out for Emotionally Healthy Woman. We'll see you then. Be blessed.
salvation Tearing through the dead of night See the kingdom come We love God, don't we? Come on. From the skies above. Beyond the skies above. Reaching out for us. The everlasting one. Jesus, our God. Oh, we look to the sun. someone you didn't come in with.